This is The Efficiency Point, a podcast from Modern Pumping Today magazine. I'm MPT editor Jay Campbell, along with our producer, Seth Saunders. You can find us online at mptmag.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcast apps. On today's show, we speak with Mahesh Lanani, CEO and founder of Aquasite, whose company has launched a pilot program of sewage surveillance for infectious diseases like COVID-19. We also look inside the October issue of MPT and preview MPT's annual buyer's guide, which is just around the corner. But before all that, let's look at the headlines. Thornton Bearings has expanded its industrial sector into Canada. Venerable Machine Works Limited, a large manufacturing machining firm based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, has been appointed as the authorized distributor and service provider for Thornton Bearings Industrial Bearings Portfolio. The formal agreement follows a 10-year collaboration in which Venerables provided sales and engineering support to Thornton customers across Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. The company, which will focus on Thornton's SXL and XL polymer bearings and engineered thermoplastics lines Thorplas Blue and Thorplas White, has a successful history of providing customer pieces for Canada's steel mills, the region's mining industry, and generally supporting industrial pump and machinery repairs. In other news, Grunfos breaks ground on its America's Regional Center. Grumfos has announced the groundbreaking of a regional center located in Brookshire, Texas. The 45,000-square-foot facility is expected to be completed during spring of next year. Grumfos is currently seeking to achieve LEED Platinum Certification. The new offices will house the company's sales, operations, engineering, human resources, finance, and other support functions. With its sustainable green building design by PGAL and construction by Harvey Builders of Texas, the structure will be made of locally sourced building materials verified to have been sourced in a responsible manner. Solar panels mounted on the roof will offset 20% or more of the building's energy costs, and a chilled water energy storage system will reduce energy consumption. Rainwater harvesting will supply chillers and gray water use for the facility. Applied Flow Technology is now reviewing submissions for the 2021 Platinum Pipe Award. Since 2004, the annual contest has recognized excellence in piping and ducting systems modeling using the AFT software. On average, five to ten projects are recognized each year in three categories. The most interesting model, correlation to test field data, and operational benefits and sustainability. Also, submissions are now open for the 2021 MPT Buyer's Guide. Published each November, the annual MPT Buyer's Guide is our biggest issue of the year. Inside, you'll find profiles of the pump industry's leading and most established companies, as well as a few new faces that will be making a name for themselves in the coming year. If you're interested in adding your company's name to the list, we'll provide a link in the show notes for this episode. Macomb County, Oakland University, and Michigan State University have partnered with water monitoring systems provider Aquasite, launching a pilot program of sewage surveillance for infectious diseases like COVID-19 that will enable better health care and economic planning. We're pleased to have Aquasite's founder and CEO, Mahesh Lunani, join us today to discuss this program and its benefits for the future. Uh, Mahesh, thank you for uh, joining us today. Good morning, Jay. Pleasure to be here. 
And um, before we get started, I want to make certain our listeners know there is no evidence suggesting that uh, COVID-19 has been or will be transmitted through municipal water systems. But there are benefits to monitoring our water for infectious disease. So would you mind telling our listeners a bit about what this program is looking for? And could you explain some of the benefits that it's providing the community? Yeah. So, so Jay, in the last uh, four months, uh, this pandemic has brought to the attention that um, sewage surveillance provides very important, valuable information about infectious diseases. Now, it's been around for a long, long time, this concept, but um, the researchers, universities, and um, many advanced utilities have been working on this in a much more accelerated fashion over the last four months. The concept is quite simple. Symptomatic and asymptomatic COVID-19 infected people would shed the virus, the what we call RNA, through their um, stools and it lends its way into the collection system. So by strategically sampling our collection system using methods and techniques that we already know uh, that exist in the wastewater treatment plant, and by combining this with more advanced testing methods and concentration methods that are being developed and honed as we speak, and couple that with understanding about the wastewater data, demographics data, as well as the health data that exists around that particular community or sewer shed lends itself to giving early warning um, of where the COVID spread might be occurring. So to wrap this up, this particular question, you're, uh, it's been found that uh, sewage surveillance can provide between three or 10 days of advanced notification on the spread or evolution of COVID-19 in a community. And that's been published articles uh, around the world in this space. Uh, Mahesh, a lot of the information that uh, that we're getting in dealing with the pandemic, contact tracing, test results, I mean, it's, it's hard for health officials to uh, to get a wrap on all this stuff. How can health officials best make use of this type of data from municipal wastewater, both during our current pandemic and in preparation about what we may expect in the future? Yeah. So, uh, so Jay, the, the community-based testing, the sewage surveillance is really community-based testing. And this is complementing the human individual testing that uh, there have been a lot of focus on. So the way uh, we see this evolving is if uh, public health officials, the governments, local, state, um, want to want to have a because the more information, more data um, is very important in this case. The facts really are critical to making proper healthcare and economic planning. So if you um, know that the community-based testing is uh, giving strong signals on spread or the other way around is declining, then the health officials can plan. It can trigger one of the three workflows for them. It can trigger the fact that they can increase uh, 
or decrease the testing in that particular part of the sewer shed. It can also trigger uh, better preparedness in terms of ICUs, ventilators, uh, as well as the PPP equipment. Or it can uh, tune or change their playbook in terms of reopening of the economy and reopening of the local businesses and schools. So that's how this would complement to the to the local officials. Now, in terms of future that you talked about, you know, from every crisis there comes an opportunity, and so far, um, the wastewater departments largely has their core primary function is to manage the flows coming from homes and commercial, uh, ensure there's no CSOs, and ensure that they are treated properly, this wastewater is treated, and then it's put back into the water body um, in a uh, that meets the compliance and permits. That's the primary role. Well, it's not inconceivable that that role could be expanded to also have wastewater treatment systems monitor for infectious diseases in the future. And it is something that's used for poliovirus detection in other parts of the, the world. So I see this in the from a future point of view, an opportunity here for evolution of what the role is of wastewater uh, departments and wastewater systems. I think that's exactly right. I, you know, one of the things that is so interesting to me about this, and I think also most useful, is that it is a community-based monitoring effort. And part of the problems that we're having with uh, the pandemic now is trying to figure out, you know, who has had contact to who. Where it seems that the numbers you see on the news are always trying to play catch up with the facts on the ground and anything that can kind of give a a broader eye view coupled with what health officials are already doing seems to be a smart move. Yeah, I mean, it's um, we need both the macro and micro level when we, when we attack a problem. And the macro level is like heat maps. Uh, think about this as a heat maps on a GIS that would show uh, the hot spots and high risk areas. But there's also a greater opportunity here. Um, we know in general, through our smart analytics, uh, where the high risk areas are within a community. Uh, we have a sophisticated model by which we can filter through uh, the high-risk areas based on with, where we understand um, how uh, coronavirus um, really impacts the old-age population, the low-income population, um, and, and, and different levels of of um, the entire demographic spectrum. So we could strategically also uh, look for targeted uh, areas for community-based testing uh, through sewage programs uh, and bring that into the smart analytics platform to be able to show where we think um, is the risk or no risk. And so there's huge uh, opportunities uh, in terms of how smart we can become of community-based testing and supplement the human testing and use that as a combined fusion information so state, local officials can make good decisions for the betterment of the entire economy and, and the community. And it looks more and more like approaching and, and addressing 
issues related to pandemic prevention and care are going to be the new normal going forward for both, you know, like you said, at the municipal level and state and, and federal. If wastewater utilities are brought into that monitoring and decision-making process, do you think it's possible that they could plot out where outbreaks may appear in the future and which communities might be at a higher risk versus others? So, I mean, you bring up a great question. What is the future holds? Uh, first, fundamentally, it depends. Are we in a, a period in, in the history of this world where pandemics will be norm? Okay. Now, the way the pandemics could become norm is how we manage zoonotic viruses. And COVID-19 is a zoonotic virus, which is coming from animals, Okay, and um, it is amazing as we went through this pandemic and we understand where these zoonotic viruses are, the fact that the distance between uh, wild animals and humans is is getting closer and closer, um, like the bats and the merma and all kinds of different animals that that we're in touch with uh, and what you saw um, during this whole process. So that means this is not going away, okay? This thing will prevail moving forward. Um, so we have to now figure out a mechanism by which we are smarter about detecting them early enough so we don't go into a situation where we shut the whole world down for several months. So clearly, um, this is predicated on the fact that a lot of these viruses, once it gets into the body, um, it has to excrete out of the body. And if it's excreted out of the body, the natural place is the wastewater treatment systems. And so um, I see a future where um, the, there is going to be a fusion between uh, a wastewater treatment systems and public health um, um, departments and officials where they're working together to map and figure out uh, what could be uh, the uh, what could be potentially the spread and evolutions of various kind of infectious diseases it's actually amazing all kinds of things you can detect in the wastewater systems and we just touched the tip of the iceberg on this one well mahesh the stakes are so high um, and maybe I'm biased because you know so much of the work we do is uh, invested in water and wastewater but I think every tool should be on the table. And from the people I know in the industry, I think they're more than up for the challenge. So, uh, Mahesh, if people want to find out more information about Aquasite, uh, where can they where can they find you online? Uh, so they can certainly get um, www.aquasite, A-Q-U-A-S-I-G-H-T dot I-O. Uh, they can also send... Um, uh, if they want to send an email, info, I-N-F-O, at aquasite.io. And we would be more than happy to um, really assist in this space. We built up an entire lab. We built up a dig digital system and all these smart analytics that can go with it. Um, and so the, now the communities can really expand their ability to monitor at a community level. Well, Mahesh, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate the work you're doing and helping us get the word out to others.
It's trick-or-treat season, and there are lots of goodies in the October issue of MPT. Starting things off in our case study section, MeanCust of Solzer Pump shares a success story on how local manufacturer of high-performance pumps provided cost, time, and service benefits to a Chinese refinery. It took close collaboration between Solzer specialists in Asia, Europe, and the United States to complete this complex project and make it a success. Also, AI is becoming a larger and larger component in the industrial world. In this month's Motor Solutions section, ABB Industrial Automation illustrates how its company's software combines operational data with engineering and IT to produce meaningful insights for prediction and optimization. There's also content from SpectraQuest and a special look at how the Turbo Machinery and Pump Symposia is preparing for distance learning amid the COVID-19 pandemic. All this and more in the October MPT. This has been The Efficiency Point, a podcast from MPT Magazine. Follow us on Twitter at ModPumpMag for updates on our next episode. Today's episode was produced by Seth Saunders. I'm your host, Jay Campbell. Stay safe and thank you for listening. (music) 